It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standing here. Hope you guys are doing well after that extra long hackathon played by the Wizards and 76ers on Wednesday. Didn't work out for the Wizards. They've got another shot at it. Friday night, they're rematched with the Detroit Pistons. They beat the Pistons in the second game of the season. A lot has changed for both teams. Since then, I'll get into that in a second, and I also want to talk about an idea I think a lot of you have been throwing out there. Could you consider starting Kelly Oubre over Markeith Morris, or maybe more to the point, should Markeith Morris start regardless of who else would step in for him? We'll get into both of those things and perhaps some other thoughts here in just a few moments. You can, of course, find all of our podcasts on iTunes. I uh, I was up in Philadelphia for that game on Wednesday. Did the podcast while driving back, so you can hear my my uh, road tripping thoughts there, and a lot of other good stuff. Of course, uh, this week we'll be back at it tomorrow after the game. Uh, we'll see if the Wizards can stay above five hundred. They're eleven and ten with a loss. They are at five hundred. Um, we'll see what happens. The you want to find us, uh, of course, on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting. On Twitter, I am at Ben Standig. Or you can email me, bstandig1 at gmail.com. Um, let's get into this. So, look, uh, Mark Heath Morris talked about this a little bit this week. Earlier in the week, after the Wizards had lost those back-to-back collapses, uh, in particular the uh, sat- one on Saturday night, this past Saturday against Portland down 17 points or up 17 points in the fourth quarter and then only to lose went through several reasons as to what's going to going wrong for the Wizards and one thing I, and obviously you can sort of start with John Wall being hurt he's still out not going to be back at least for another week or so based on what the Wizards told us I, I would still you know the original time frame was two weeks it's been now maybe a little bit less than that but I would brace yourself for a little bit more you never know but we'll see but among the reasons what I, I said to, to, to note for the Wizards is, even though Markeith Morris is playing, it's not like he's back. It's not like he's the guy who was playing for them last year, particularly that stretch, that two-month stretch of the of the season when he was, uh, you know, doing good work as a as a three-point threat on one end, a stout def- or a solid defender on the other. Of course, he had the abdominal hernia surgery. He missed. The early part of the season, he's now been back. He has now played, let me, I want to say 14 games at this point. He's played 14 games. 
He's averaging nine points, which, you know, again, the small sample size, but nine points, you know, since the 2013-14 season, he's averaged double figures in in each. Nine is not there. He's averaging 4.4 rebounds. He hasn't averaged that few since his rookie season. He's shooting 34% from three. That's not terrible, but it's not as good as the 36 he was shooting last year. He's shooting 42% from the field. Uh, last year he was at 46% the previous year, or at least the previous year after with the Wizards, he was at 47%. And, uh, you know, he, he, the advanced, some of the advanced numbers are even, uh, significantly worse. And now these last two games, he and Marcin Gortat have both been benched in the, for, for the fourth quarter. No minutes. I mean, last night the rebounding numbers in Philadelphia were insane. The Sixers had, uh, just an ungodly amount of boards. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid led the way, and Gortat and and and, and Morris really were not helping the cause. So we don't really need to go through the whole all, all, all the stats. You guys are watching the games. He just hasn't looked. It just hasn't looked the same. We've asked Brooks now at this point. Is there anything any any injury setback? He said not that he knows of. He said he needs to see more, but. You know, look, I think when you, when you bench a guy not once, but back to back games in the fourth quarter, that says a lot. Only Bradley Beal essentially played in the fourth quarter against Philadelphia. Otto played the last 22 seconds after Kelly Oubre fouled out. But Otto was the hero in the, in the previous night at Minnesota. Morris and Gortat didn't even play. Morris was back in his hometown and it was a total, you know, not, not even a non-factor. It was, it was, you know, less than that because of how much how Philadelphia dominated um, up up front on both ends of the court. And so the question a lot of you have asked is, well, why not go with Kelly Oubre, right? I mean, Kelly Oubre has been whatever I might want to say, too, is like, hey, he's still, you know, up and down. He still makes some some mistakes when it comes to some instincts as team defense. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, some other things. Uh, you got to give it to this for Ubre. He he almost always comes out with good energy, and he's trying. And as my, and as and as silly as that might sound, that's kind of important. Let's not forget Scott Brooks yesterday after the game said, "Quote the message." He was talking about the message about sitting guys. He goes. The message is you have to play hard. I'm a simple coach. You play and you play for your teammates. If you don't do that, I've, and I've got to figure out who will. We've done that. And then he added later, very rarely do I ever complain about our effort. We do have to come out with more energy in the first quarter. Okay, so Kelly Oubre, you know, whatever you want to say about him, he comes out with energy. He does provide uh, that. And this is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick and roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Here's the other thing. The, the lineup with Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre at the forwards, along with the other starters, now I know John Wall's out, but along with the other starters, has, con- has continued to, to, to be one of the elite five-man lineups in the NBA. So it's not as if it's just sort of, hey, what's, you know, sitting Morris, it's also, hey, this other thing is working. Now, here's the thing. I, I think it, it, just in terms of the Oubre part of it, for one, <laughs> the the start is important. So is the second unit. He's been good on the second unit. Um, he, he He's come into his own a little bit as a guy who can sort of be the leader of that. I mean, I, I think it's worked even better with Sadoransky in there because you have two guys who are bringing a lot of energy. And Sadoransky, you know, is, is something of a playmaker. He, he's he's aggressive out there. Or he can be. And he certainly has been in these last three games, 18 assists, zero turnovers. But even beyond that, I, I my, my biggest concern is I, 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 I fear that if you have Ubre and Otto up there, they do present some matchup problems for other teams, but also they have to defend somebody. Now, Friday against Detroit, I don't think it's that big of a deal in that Detroit essentially goes with Tobias Harris at the power forward spot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think the Wizards, I, I think Otto Porter can, can, can deal with that. I mean, Harris is a little bit bigger, but it's not a, you know, I, I wouldn't consider him like a low post big or, or anything along those lines. So I think, I think that could work. And, and Stanley Johnson, the other, uh, forward, you know, I, I think, I think that's fine for Uber. He's another guy who's a little bit bigger, but I, I think that could work. And I'm sure we'll see those matchups. But obviously there are other scenarios where, you know, I think you're going to be better off having Marquise Morris, the, the, the good version of Marquise Morris, because he's going to be able to defend some of your bigger power forwards. Now, if I'm saying, well, okay, you want Uber to maybe stay in his own space, but you want somebody a little bit bigger. Well, what about Mike Scott, right? I mean, Mike Scott has been killing it from three. Uh, just the other day, Scott, somebody asked Scott Brooks if Mike Scott is sort of Marquise, I don't know if it was said Marquise light, but sort of gives you some of the things that Marquise does. And, and Brooks said, yeah, he does. And, 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 I, and I can see that. I mean, to, to some degree. I mean, Scott, and you know, he, he he's a he's a three point threat. He's banging shots. <clears throat> he's hitting over fifty percent this month. Um, you know, he he's got enough a uh, two two hundred shot two hundred forty pounds. You know, he's got enough bulk defensively. He's not going to give you a ton. And 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 with Gortat out there, you know that 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 would scare me a little bit. But you could do that. Would I do that? Probably not. I think I, I mean again, assuming that Marquise Morris is is healthy. I think I got to just sort of see this through for now. He needs to play better. My concern with Marquise Morris, to be honest, for me, I'm not saying this is what anybody else has ever told me, but for me, you know, I, I wonder what, it, what when it comes to sitting players, 
you know, we all view it as, ah, you start, you come off the bench. If you're a starter, it is a mental thing. You know you're a starter. To be, to be a reserve, is, is you got to check your ego a little bit at the door. Marquise Morris already, let's not forget, you know, he, he's got essentially a hose on his contract back in his Phoenix days. And I, I suspect on some level, remaining a starter has helped alleviate that to, to, to some degree. Uh, you know, we're not holding a bake sale for him. I'm just saying, you know, the universal consensus is he and his brother got a little bit screwed by the Suns by, by what happened in terms of they were willing to take money to stay together and then his brother Marcus got traded. I just wonder what if he would lose Markeith putting him on the second unit, lose him mentally. But here's the other part of it. If let's just say you do that and then Brooks goes with the all second unit, if Markeith isn't playing well and you've got him out there now with those other guys, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. So, for me, I wouldn't make the switch. Um, you know, if, if we show up Friday night and Scott Brooks has Ubre or Mike Scott in the starting lineup, I'm not going to say, wow, what a disaster by any stretch. I'm just saying that I think I would stay the course. I mean, look, they need him to play well. I suspect he will get it going. Um, you know, he, he, I think the question, what seems, what seems clear to people that I talk to is that, you know, he's not all the way back in shape, uh, from that, from that surgery. He talked about the fact that, uh, you know, that it was going to take him a little bit of time to, to work his way back into shape. He could, it's not like he could do that much while recovering from that hernia surgery. Okay. Well, you know, it, it's been a minute and I'm not saying that he's malingerer by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, we don't know if, if they don't say he's, you know, there's an issue, then all we can assume is that he's ready to go. He's out there playing and can go. I'm going to give him the slight benefit of the doubt. He still needs to get in some better shape. The larger point is the Wizards need to get something more out of that power forward spot. And if you don't want to start him, and I, I don't think you have to, uh, then, then as long as he's going to continue to be in the struggles, uh, the, the situation he's in right now, then I think you have to find ways to give Kelly Oubre and Mike Scott more minutes. Or, uh, you know, go, go, you know, if you want to go with Otto and some combination of like, you know, Beal, uh, Meeks and Sadoransky in the backcourt, you know, with, with Otto and, 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 and Gortat or, or, or Mahimi, that, that, that's fine. But, you know, um, I, I think they've maybe at least reached a point where they can't just keep let, throwing Markeith out there and say, all right, you got to figure, you know, figure out you know, while you're struggling. And by the way, they haven't done that. Brooks has benched in the last two fourth quarters. So that, so that's not nothing. So, um, so anyway, to answer that question, I wouldn't go there, but I think we got to stay with Markeith Morris. I, I think Markeith Morris is ultimately going to be good, uh, for, for you as he, was, as he was a year ago. And, uh, you know, I never forget that game one against the Celtics when, uh, you know, he got stepped on by Al Horford and went out of the game. Even And at that point, the Wizards were killing it. I immediately thought, and I think others did as well, oh boy, I don't know how the Wizards are going to survive this. Because it wasn't that Marquise Morris was the best player, but he, he, was, he was a very tough guy to replace because of what he brought them on both ends of the court. His shooting, his, uh, his strength, uh, you know, and, and they need that. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, I do, it, it's without question though, they have got to get more from him. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts there. Um, all right. You are listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standig here. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at Ben Standig. The Wizards are going to be facing the Detroit Pistons. Wizards won that first meeting 115-111 on October 21st. Otto Porter at 28, John Wall at 26. And that was one of those games early on. The Wizards held on to win, but they blew a 15-point lead in the second half. And they, and they held on 
there. And at that point, the Wizards were 2-0, and the Pistons were 1-1. and Those records don't mean anything. But that game was viewed as, hey, the Wizards are an East contender. The Pistons are a team that disappointed last year. And I think a lot of people, myself included, thought they would get back into the playoffs this year. But not necessarily contend at the top. Well, whoops, I guess that's been wrong. Because the Pistons are 14-6, and the second best record in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have won uh, three in a row. They, they routed Phoenix 131-107. On Wednesday, and that came two days after they beat Boston by 10. And obviously, that's a pretty impressive win the way Boston's going. Then they followed it up with a with another win over a bad team. That's something the Wizards have struggled with this year to take a good result and then follow it up the next game with the same focus and energy. Reggie Jackson had 23 points. Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley each had 20. Now, of course, Andre Drummond has been something of a revelation this year. Let it not be said. It, this has now happened twice in my life. When I've gone on the record and sort of criticized Andre Drummond, he immediately has gone out and said, screw you, Ben. As a rookie, I questioned how good he would be, particularly right away. He came in and was really good for the Pistons. And then this preseason, you may recall, I talked to uh, NBC Sports' Dan Feldman, who was a Detroit Pistons guy, and we talked about Drummond, and I'm like, boy, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm still just not that sold on this guy. I don't know if he can ever really become that dominant. And, of course, now Andre Drummond's kicking butt. He's leading the league in, in rebounding, which that isn't so much surprising, but he's turned into a, a decent enough free throw shooter, although it's been worse lately, but a decent enough free throw shooter in the 60s at this point. The team's just, you know, it's a little bit harder to do the hack a Drummond type thing, although I guess with Scott Brooks after what he just did in Philly, we'll see. But also he had seven, he had a career high seven assists in that win the, this week. So, I mean, he, he's clearly showing a more diversified game. He's still a force inside. Um, Gortat has done a pretty decent job on him. And I think over the years, and Mahimi is showing more energy. So hopefully from the Wizards' perspective, they'll be able to maintain Drummond. But but look, they just got destroyed on the boards by Embiid and Simmons. And now they're going up against the league's top rebounder. So, so that should be a scary proposition for sure. Uh, also, Reggie Jackson. You know, we always think about that Reggie Jackson-John Wall matchup. That's not going to happen this time. Um, you know, I, I talked to, I just talked about, would you start Mark Eve Morris or, or go with somebody else? You know, I think an interesting question is, would you start Tomas Sadoransky over Tim Frazier? Both are going to play because obviously John Wall's out. But again, if you're talking about energy from the start, I mean, Sadoransky delivers that and then something. I would give you a pretty, you know, it's, it, I, I'm just a sucker for a guy with, with, with Sadoransky's, uh, size, you know, a six, seven point guard. I mean, sign me up for that. Uh, you know, obviously he's, you know, not the quickest player out there, not, not the best shot. There's some limitations to what you can do, but he's pretty versatile. Um, I, I, I would probably stick with Tim Frazier. I mean, look, he's, you know, it, it hasn't been too pretty so far, um, in, in his absence or in Wall's absence with, with Frazier. But, you know, I, I think if the, if the starters, if the other starters are energetic, I think Frazier will get the ball to the right guy and make plays. If they're all lethargic, you know, I don't think Frazier has enough in his game to necessarily pick them up. I think the real interesting Frazier-Sadoransky battle, as I talked about a bit on the drive home, is going to be what happens when Wall gets back. If Sadoransky can keep this up, I don't really know how he's not the number two behind uh, Wall, but we'll see. In any event, both should play. I, I would assume Frazier will continue to start, but we will see about that soon enough. All right, I'm going to call it there. Uh, Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Standing. 
or hit me up, email bstandig1 at gmail.com. I always forget to mention, I've got a Facebook page also, Ben Standig. Go there if you like that. Uh, that would be swell. All right, Wizards against the Pistons Friday night. I will be out at uh, Verizon Center or Capital One Arena, whatever it looks called, for that. So podcast to follow. Uh, that's it. Until next time, see ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.